Hey, 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 our favorite listener. How's your day going? Hope everything's going great. Yeah, we're back again to share the hottest news from around the world with you. So get ready because we've got a lot of interesting stuff coming your way. Let's start with what happened to the globally renowned company Zara. They found themselves in the midst of a scandal due to their advertising campaign, which has caused public outrage. And we'll also discuss the visit of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to Washington. He's trying to persuade American congressmen to approve a package of military aid to Kiev. And of course, we can't ignore what happened in Turkish football. All matches in all leagues were stopped due to a scandalous incident when the, uh, the president of one of the teams hit the referee. So hold on tight, we're getting started. Speaking of music, I wanted to mention the talented New Zealand-Australian artist Jordan Reke. You can find his track Flowers on Spotify. He's young, but he's already worked with stars like Evic Ho and Tom Mish. By the way, remember that cool song by Mish? That's the kind of vibe you can expect from Rake. His style reminds me of Tom O'Dell, which, believe me, is a huge compliment. His music, lyrics, even the visuals, it's all infused with romance and a certain laid-back charm. Overall, he's great. Good morning, ducks. Have you heard about the latest scandal involving Zara? They've been in the spotlight after launching an advertising campaign for their new Atelier line. Yeah, I've heard about that. Users noticed the choice of background for the models. Cracked stones, damaged statues, and peeling plaster. For many, it reminded them of the views of destroyed houses in the Gaza Strip. Oh, yes! The image of a model carrying a mannequin wrapped in a white bag caused a real storm of outrage. Zara, why would you do that? It's like trying to sell oat milk cappuccino in a coffee shop where everyone only drinks black coffee. Zara claimed that the ad was conceptualized in July and the photos were taken in September. The company stated that they did not intend to offend anyone and their goal was to showcase a sculptor's workshop with unfinished sculptures. It was meant to be a metaphor for the fact that the Atelier line was designed by masters of their craft, creative individuals. Well, that was really bad. Very, very bad. Flexibility is everything for us. I can imagine that Zara's advertisers live in their own world of oat milk cappuccinos and don't read the news. Or if they do, it's like, I know what's going on, but I don't look at the photos because it's bad for my mental health. Yeah, that's part of their job, to monitor sentiment, the mood of society, and try to adjust to these moods in one way or another. And if they made that photo with the mannequin in September, and in October, very similar photos, but not with mannequins, but with killed children and adults flooded the internet, then they need to redo their advertising campaign. I get it. It's not something they'd want to do. I understand they've spent a lot of money on this. By the way, Zara is owned by one of the richest people in the world, but it's unprofessional, sloppy, and tone deaf. Unless they did it on purpose, which some people are absolutely convinced of. Oh, I usually feel sorry for these guys who fall into the hands of sensitive internet users. But even this photo triggered me. Yeah, that's really scary. How could they not see the obvious? But you know, sometimes the biggest mistakes lead to the biggest lessons. Let's hope that Zara will take this into account in their future campaigns. All right, ducks. Ready to switch from fashion to politics? Have you heard the latest news from Ukraine? Yeah. That's important. Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, was recently in Washington. He spoke in the Senate and met with the Speaker of the House of Representatives. The purpose of his visit was to persuade American congressmen to approve a package of military aid to Kyiv. 
You know, it's interesting that some Republican congressmen close to Trump weren't impressed by his speech. They kept saying the same old thing. We're feeling pessimistic. This money won't help. The counteroffensive didn't justify itself. Where is this money even going? How are we going to verify it? We have enough problems of our own. Yeah, according to Reuters, relying on billions of dollars of American weaponry, humanitarian aid, and intelligence, Ukraine was able to repel Russia's initial attempt to seize the country. However, this year Kyiv failed to break through the Russian defensive lines during a major counteroffensive, and now Russia has shifted to an offensive in the east of the country. I get it, of course, that American congressmen live on a different continent, in a different, you could say, world. But still, over almost two years of war, they could have figured out who Ukraine is fighting with. According to American intelligence, since the start of the full-scale invasion, Russia's losses have amounted to 315,000 dead and wounded. Just in October, near Avdivka, the Russian army lost 13,000 soldiers. And they are ready to lose just as many, many, many more times, simply because someone considers what is not theirs to be inherently theirs. What do American congressmen want? Hollywood action movies? After Zelensky's speech to the congressman, he held a press conference with Biden. Overall, it was expected that Biden would express support for Ukraine and condemn those who are hindering the approval of the new military aid package. Before all this, Zelensky met with the head of the Pentagon, Lloyd Austin, who confirmed that the U.S. is firmly committed to supporting Ukraine in its war with Russia. Although, as you can imagine, support can come in different forms. Patting on the back and saying, hang in there, you'll manage, is also support. But in this case, it will be deadly. Well, Oatcake, we're waiting. And by the way, don't forget that we still have fashion to talk about. Uh, maybe next time we'll discuss the latest trends? After all, politics isn't the only thing that interests us, right? Have you heard about the latest news from Poland Ducks? No, go on, tell me. Have you heard about the latest news from Poland Ducks? The new Prime Minister of Poland is Donald Tusk. He said, Thank you, Poland. This is truly a great day. Not for me, but for all those who deeply believed, even sang, that everything will get even better, that we will drive away the darkness, drive away evil. Wow, that sounds inspiring. Yeah, and he's also showing some love. I read that, and it made me happy. Tusk said, It's time for Poland to be happy. I really want to believe in this. Believe that this time has come for Poland, and soon it will come for everyone else. That Poland will start this trend of happy countries that will be like a tsunami and no dictator will be able to stop it. Yeah, I believe in that too. Congratulations to all our listeners from Poland. I wonder how this will affect the political situation in Europe, ducks. Yeah, that's an important question. But let's not forget about humor. And you know what Tusk said when he was asked how he's going to run the country? No, what's up? I'll run the country the way I run my heart, with love and passion. I don't know if it's a joke or not, but it sounds amusing. Yeah, that's really funny. I hope his leadership will be as successful as his sense of humor. Yeah, we all hope for that. So folks, those are the latest news from Poland. Stay with us and keep up with the latest events. By the way, speaking of political changes, let's switch to the situation in Myanmar. Oh, Myanmar. Or, you know, good times have come for Myanmar. Or, after the Taliban banned the cultivation of opium poppy in Afghanistan in 2022, Myanmar became the largest producer of opium. It used to be in second place. But don't think of it as an economic success. It's more of a desperate move in the face of political instability. 
Yeah. And in February 2021, there was a military coup in Myanmar. So instability in all areas, political, social, economic, is pushing farmers to switch to growing opium poppies. It's like their lifeline in this chaos. Interesting that now not only the area of poppy cultivation is increasing in the country, but also the yield, because farmers have started actively using irrigation systems, and sometimes even fertilizers. But don't think that this is some kind of green revolutionary breakthrough. It's more like survival in crisis conditions. Yeah, and production and trade of heroin are the most profitable activities in the opium economy. According to the report author's estimates, up to 154 tons of heroin worth up to $2.5 billion were exported from Myanmar this year. It's like the whole world has turned into a junkie and Myanmar is its dealer. Gosh, that's just awful. I, I read on Wikipedia about the opium poppy, which is correctly called sleep-inducing poppy. Uh, such a contradictory plant, really. Terrifying. Us look. For example, during the flowering of the opium poppy, it produces such a large main crotch amount of pollen that the honeybees fill the honeycombs almost completely with pollen, making them black. At the same time, the sleep-inducing poppy does not produce nectar. Ah, it's as if nature itself is telling us. This plant is not for sweet honey, but for bitter poison. You know, eh, oatcake. Yesterday was the last day of the COP28 conference in Dubai. I was following the live updates, and it was like a no-holds-barred fight trying to find consensus among 200 countries in the presence of thousands of lobbyists from the oil and gas, meat, and dairy industries is not for the faint-hearted. It's like trying to convince a vegan to try a steak. Yeah, I've heard about that. The media were talking about sharp international disagreements over the restriction of fossil fuel extraction and how the COP28 summit is working overtime on its last day to try to find a compromise. That's right, Oatcake. And as I've mentioned before, there are about a hundred countries pushing for a complete phase-out of fossil fuels. Among them are not only the US, the EU, and Australia, but also island nations, for whom climate change poses an existential threat. It's like if you, Oatcake, decided to give up your favorite biscuit. And China and India are convinced that we shouldn't completely give up, but we should take on commitments and actively invest in renewable energy sources, like solar, water, and wind. It's like if you, Oatcake, decided to replace your biscuits with porridge, but still occasionally indulged in a biscuit. Interesting how Africa sees it. They agree that the world needs to move away from coal, oil, and gas, but they believe that the wealthy countries should be the first to do so. According to African nations, Africa should be the last because they need access to their fossil fuels for economic development. It's like if you, Oatcake, decided that everyone should give up biscuits but you'd be the last one to do it. Wow, Oatcake, look at that. Climate and energy issues are not just about science. They're about politics, economics, and even philosophy. It's all in one postcard from the COP28 conference. So, we've been discussing these complex issues at the intersection of science, economics, and politics. Now, let's talk about situations where all these theories and principles collide with reality. You know what I was thinking? I might rewatch the cult TV show, Mr. Robot. It vividly demonstrates how the influence of big corporations on society can be destructive. <laughs> Sometimes, to make a change, you have to act outside the system, don't you think? You know what I was thinking. I might rewatch Fight Club. After all, the main characters there are also fighting against the system, against consumer society. 
It's interesting to see how these films will look now, Eros. Now, in a new light. Now, let's play a game of who would win. Remember how we played it last time? Who would win? Legolas the size of a snail, or a hundred thousand orcs the size of an elephant, or a chicken the size of Putin, or a hundred Putins the size of a chicken. And de hand, you know. I'd be ever so grateful if you could start supporting my blog. You can do it through Patreon or Boosty, or via PayPal or Revolut. Thanks a bunch. You know, ducks. I recently listened to an interview with one of the leading experts on North Korea in the world, Professor Andrei Lankov from Seoul National University. He was answering some tough questions about North Korea, and I must say, since I was absolutely fascinated. Yeah, I heard about that interview. It's really interesting to learn more about North Korea. But speaking of internet searches, guess which Pokemon has been searched for the most over the past 25 years? Oh, that's an interesting question, Oatcake. But let's come back to it later. I want to tell you about another piece of news. There's been a scandal in Turkish football, which has led to all league matches being suspended indefinitely. Yeah, I heard about that. On Monday, after a game in the Premier League, the president of one of the teams ran onto the field and punched the referee in the face. It was all caught on video. Yeah, and the bruise under the referee's eye was even more epic. But the referee is okay. He's in the hospital. Erdogan even called him to ask if everything was all right. Well, that's a truly epic story. But let's get back to our question about Pokemon. So, who do you think has been the most searched for over the past 25 years? Well, we've discussed that epic football field incident and even guessed Pokemon. Now let's talk about something more pleasant, like the color of the year according to Getty plus Pantone. Oh yes, that's always interesting. So what's the color they've chosen this time, mate? Imagine this, Oatcake. It's Peach Fuzz, a cozy peachy shade nestled between pink and orange. It gives a sense of belonging inspires reflection and empathy, and creates an atmosphere of tranquility, giving us space to be, feel, heal, and thrive, whether spending time with others or enjoying a moment of solitude. Wow, that sounds really inspiring. Do you feel that sense of belonging and thriving, mate? Absolutely. And you know what else is interesting? Yeah, I couldn't remember where I heard that joke about Putin and Dunkova, and then my mate Sasha from Odessa reminded me. Ah, uh, actually, it's Sasha's screenshot that he shared in the Espresso chat. Oh, Sasha is always on point, but here's a question for you, Ducks. Who would win, Putin the size of Dunkova, or Dunkova the size of Putin? Haha, <laughs> that's a great question. But let's leave it for later. Uh, sending you a big hug, Ducks. Send in your comments, uh, questions, peach fuzz, and your thoughts on this.